I'm going to be reading three different scripture passages this morning. Um, I invite you to stand um, if you're able for the reading of God's word. The first one is John 10, uh, verses 6 through 11. Jesus spoke to them using this illustration, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So he said to them again, truly, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Romans 8, 18 through 25. I consider that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not by its own will, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he can already see? But if we hope for what we do not yet see, we wait for it patiently. In James 1, verses 4 and 12. Allow perseverance to finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You may be seated. Father in heaven, uh, I usually don't know how things are going to go, but this morning I really don't know how things are going to go. So I ask you, God, to fill in the gaps. Um, I really believe that what people need is not a word from me, but a touch from heaven. And uh, that's my prayer this morning, that you would work amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. My name is Seth. Uh, make no mistake, I'm a struggling follower of Jesus. I often progress by going two steps forward and one step back, and many times one step forward and two steps back. Um, but I have found that God um, is very patient um, and extremely kind in the process, and I am so thankful for that. Um, there are things that I've been working through with the Lord, um, one in particular for 13 years, just thought God forgot, forgot about it. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, it's, I realized that he hadn't forgotten about it. Um, and I've also realized that God, I've been trying to uh, strategize to work on change in my life, and uh, it doesn't work so well. But God's the one who has, um, has the path forward and knows how to lead us in the changes that we need to see. Um, 
When I was asked to preach, I had three goals that I wanted to accomplish this morning. The first one, which is kind of a staple for me, is that I want to be uh, honest in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, honest about what's going on in my life. And I always want to speak in a way that's helpful for the people who hear. Those are my two, two staple things. Just be honest and just try to speak in a way that's, that's, that's helpful. Uh, my second goal was to take the opportunity to share this space with someone else. Um, and that's why Dave is going to be sharing with us this morning. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I've really been wrestling with the scripture that says, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the middle of it all. And uh, oftentimes when I'm uh, charged with preaching, it's oftentimes just, just me trying to figure out what the Lord would have for his people. And so been wrestling with what does that look like to bring someone else into that space and uh, to have God work amongst uh, two people as we gather. And I've really appreciated Tim and Greg. You guys have done that series, uh, the past series where you invited people up, and that's been really helpful to me. So I was hoping to do something similar this morning. Um, and my third goal was that I wanted to leave room for the spontaneous work of God this morning. And that means opening it up to the congregation. Um, I wanted to choose a topic that's very accessible for us all. And I wanted to leave room for what happened here as we worship God to continue on and to be a place where we can ask this question of ourselves and then maybe someone would be prompted to share how God is working in their life. Um, I know that probably sweat has broken out across the whole congregation because we just don't do that here. But uh, we're going to give it a try. So, um, so I have a question this morning uh, that... I've been thinking about for a while, and it's this question. What is saving your life? What is saving your life? It's a really simple question, but as I have talked it over with my family, I don't think it's oftentimes as easy to identify the things in our lives that are saving us. What practices, what pursuits, habits, routines are bringing you life right now? Um, any iPhone users out there? Okay. Um, my, my kids are ashamed of this phone, but I will bring it out. It's an old one, but it's an iPhone. And what I found, it doesn't matter what version this is, a year into owning it, I always have trouble with the battery dying. Anyone else out there? Okay. So what I have to do is I have to go into all the settings and I need to change them so I can find a way to prolong the battery life on this phone. There are battery life saving choices that I can make to help this phone get through the day. And I want to ask this morning, what are the habits, what are the setting changes that are helping you prolong, enhance, bring life to what you do day in and day out? Um, we all have endured much here. Um, I think about personally, I know the stories of some people in here, um, especially what we have gone through, you guys have endured personally, individually, but also as a group. Um, I don't think there's a week goes by that I don't hear about someone who's left our congregation. And that's hard. That's hard for me to hear. There are people that here that I love and I care about. Um, and I don't think that I'm, that's just one example of some of the things that we have to, had to go through over the past couple years. Changes that have gone on that COVID has brought. And I don't think it's unreasonable, I don't think it's overly dramatic to say that we're all in a great battle uh, to endure and to choose life. Um, we know that we've faced circumstances that are beyond our controls. 
beyond our control. And these changes are not things that are life-affirming, okay? They're, rather, they're life-stealing, they're life-stifling. Um, or as using the phone analogy, they're, they're things that are draining the battery life in our, in our lives. So my question for you is, what is saving your life? If you think today about the things that you had to face over the last two years, what are the things that you have intentionally done, the practices that you've done, that have been able to enhance, to grow, to save your life? Six months ago, I heard a podcast on this question, and I've been thinking about it ever since. And uh, it was a question that at the time was rather tame. It was rather innocuous. It was, it was kind of lighthearted, and I just enjoyed thinking about it. And then two, life, two, two weeks ago, life hit for me. On a Monday morning, I went to work, thankful to be gainfully employed, uh, with a long view of staying in my career and what that might look like. I was completely settled into my vocation and completely convinced that this was exactly where God wanted me to be. By Friday of that week, all bets were off. I didn't know which way was up. I was completely disoriented. I felt like I had no firm footing. And in between Monday and Friday were some personal attacks that I have never experienced in my life before. I felt blindsided, I felt confused, I was angry, I was in shock, I was doubting myself, and I was discouraged. So all of a sudden this question that seemed rather innocent all of a sudden became very real for me. What am I gonna do in my circumstances to choose life? Because it was very easy for me um, to turn and to run in the other direction. Um, I think God sometimes has a sense of, of humor. And Greg came up to me last week. He said, you know, be, be aware, you know, oftentimes when you, when you preach, like, you know, there's ways of the enemy really coming after you. And I thought, you aren't kidding, Greg. <laughs> um, but I had to ask that question. What am I going to turn to in this moment where I don't know which way's up, where I am literally struggling to figure anything out right now? What practices, pursuits, routines, habits am I going to choose to literally save my life in the midst of a trial like no other? In a couple of minutes, I want to invite Dave up to speak, but I want to give us uh, a couple ways of uh, thinking about the hard times that we face. And um, I want to start by, by referencing the, the passage that Suzanne read for us this morning out of Romans 8. And the first image I want to bring to our mind is that of the image, the image of childbearing. Romans 8 says that we, as the children of God, are to see the time of trial and pain much like childbirth. My wife and I have three cherubs. I think they were born with halos. I hope you know I'm talking tongue-in-cheek about that. So I know nothing of the pain, but I do know what it's like to get the news that we're pregnant. And at the first announcement from my wife, from a wife to a husband, there's little verifiable proof that anything has changed. At that point, you haven't heard the heartbeat or seen the ultrasound, or, but everything begins to orient itself around the belief, the hope, the reality that a new life is coming. We have extreme excitement on one hand, while at the same time, we know there's intense pain coming. We know there's going to be sleepless nights. We know that we're going to have anxiousness over the health of the child. But the life of the child is worth all the pain the family endures. And Paul says, children of God, don't forget, a precious life is coming. 
Creation will be remade, and you and I have no idea what it's like to be made whole and complete, but that day is coming. What's saving your life? What's saving my life? The scriptures encourage us to wait patiently because God's desire is that through the hardships of life, that life will be birthed in us. See, a lot of times I am convinced when I go through what I've experienced in the last two weeks, I get, I get convinced of this belief that I'm caught up in a story where death has the final word. But I want to remind us this morning that we're not caught up in that kind of story. We're caught up in a story where whatever is robbing our joy, whatever is stealing our life, is going to one day be swallowed up by life. And that day is coming. And if, if, if this church, if, if getting together means anything, it means holding that hope out for each other. The second image uh, that I want you to think about as we talk about what's saving our life and is an image that um, oftentimes when I go through these kinds of seasons that I hold on to, and it's the image of a skillful sculptor. Um, anybody familiar with the statue of David that was sculpted by Michelangelo, right, back in 1504? Um, if you haven't, if you don't know what I'm referencing, feel free to Google that, but just know that David left nothing to the imagination or Michelangelo left nothing to the imagination. The sculpture is renowned as one of the greatest masterpieces ever created. The statue had been commissioned with two other artists who eventually deemed the piece of marble unusable. After two years of work shaping the masterpiece and all the notoriety that came with this achievement, Michelangelo was asked for his insights on what led to his success. And he said this, I simply took away everything that wasn't David. I simply took away everything that wasn't David. After going through difficult experiences, um, one of my core beliefs is that the God that I've come to know in Christ never wastes a hurt, and he never wastes the hardship that we endure, and that no stone in his care is unusable. Each experience is making a masterpiece of you and I. And as hard as it may be, God is removing everything that isn't us. So speaking of David, <laughs> I want to invite Dave Sarian up this morning. And I want you to think about those two images as we talk about what's saving our lives. That God is, in spite of the hard things we, we face, always... Um, there's always life on the other side of the hardship that we face. And that God is using all of those things to shape us. So, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Seth. Um, <laughs> I'm really thankful for, for Dave. Uh, Dave has been one of the guys in my life um, over the last two years. Um, his friendship, especially through a lot of the things that I've gone through, um, he's really been a rock for me. Um, I remember hearing his story in Sunday school, and I thought, that's the kind of guy that I'd like to get to know. I've always appreciated Dave's transparency and his honesty, um, being willing to be honest about all of life that he's faced. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to, he's been somebody that when I'm, last week he was one of the guys that, that I'm seeking out 
um, to try to get his <laughs> wisdom and perspective on just how to get through. And so Dave, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the practices that you have put into, into play in your own life um, when hard things come your way? Yeah, and, and thanks, Seth. Um, Seth asked me to do this about in March, I guess. I'm working on my boundaries and learning to say no, but <laughs> I realized if you ask me like six months out, I'll just say yes. So, <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, I do appreciate this. When Seth talked about this, he said, hey, what, what's saving your life? You want to listen to that podcast? And I did, and I went, wow, that's a really good question. I, I can honestly say this, that I know literally four years ago, the things I thought were saving my life were actually pretty destructive. Hmm. And uh, even though I was a believer, and uh, so where, you know, when Seth asked me to come up here, I, I, I feel like Seth does it at a lot of times. Like, what, what do I have to offer here hmm. in terms of, I'm still working on so much of this, but it was good to sit down and say, okay, these are the practices now that got me from where I was to where I am now that I think are, are keeping me, you know, healthy. Yeah. And so, and Seth's been a big part of that. As much as he may say that about me, mm -hmm. um, him hearing my story and then coming up to me, he's, he's helped me a great deal. So it's, a very, it's very mutual. But um, the, there, there's three things that, that truly helped me. And when we were talking about this with Greg uh, this morning, um, these are things that evolve because some of you are in different places. Some of us are just in completely different places. And if you've got young kids, then it's gonna look like this. If you're, if you're empty nesters, then it's gonna look like this. But for where I am right now, these are some of the things that are really helping me. So, you know, the first one was, is, and, and it sounds, you know, very religious, but reading my Bible, having some type of, of contact with God in the morning first thing is really important to me. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, and Seth's mentioned this, is, I don't know what's coming around the corner every day, and I don't think most of us do. Mm -hmm. And in talking with my wife, uh, you know, in thinking about this, I realized that, you know, I'm a phone call away from my life completely changing in one way or another, or a text. And it could be something very difficult, and so many of you in here have experienced that, and it's tough. And it's just something that it completely changes our life. And even this day to day, I don't know, I have no control <laughs> over what's going on on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to think I did, but I don't. And so the only thing that's steady in my life is, is really my relationship with God. Um, when I, I like looking at old photographs of, let, let's say, the battles at Gettysburg, and everything changed about the scenery, but the one thing that doesn't change, if you take a look and your reference point is is the mountains and if you take a look at old cities or pictures everything's changed the buildings are changed they're no longer there the only thing that's there is the mountains and i was trying to find some scripture that goes along with this and so psalm 1831 the lord is my rock and my fortress my deliverer my god my rock in whom i take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold no matter what changes in my life the only thing that's going to remain there and, and it's going to be secure and the same every day is God. And, and that was just something I said in terms of like, like a churchy thing to say. But um, it really, it's absolutely true in my life right now. I, I, I may not do this on a daily basis. I, I use the Bible app, the U version Bible app. Um, that's not perfect, by the way. And, and in, 
it, in, in my perfectionistic nature, the one thing I don't like about it is it has that streak on there, you know, it's like 58, 59, and you know, I'm gonna be honest, not every day I can read my Bible, but that stupid streak thing, sometimes I just open it and then I close it and I realize <laughs> that's not really right. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I, if you do that, you know, you're my people, there you go, that's right. <laughs> um, so I'm, so, I, you know, I'm still working on things, right? Um, the fitness app's the same thing. Um, you know, 10,000 steps, you have to get to that 10,000 step a day, and sometimes I'm looking, I'm at 9,800. I've been known to do laps in my living room just to, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. There, thank you, my people, there you go. So, my wife cheats, she does this, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, <laughs> you've gotta at least move, all right? <laughs> um, the other is, uh, something I have found just recently, and it's meditation. And yes, it's meditation about what God's doing in my life and working in my life, but it's, it's literally um, a, a meditation where my mind, my mind moves 100 miles an hour all the time. And um, I found that, and, and it's another app that's based, uh, it's, it's not a religion, it's secular, but um, it's not transcendental, Eastern, it's just simply about taking anywhere from three minutes in the morning to 20 minutes maybe, and just quieting my mind. And when, when I first started doing this, extremely hard mm -hmm. um, because I, my thoughts are just racing. And so it's training my brain just to be still, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's in scripture, be still and know that I am God. Just stop, just stop, mm -hmm. all right? And so that's been um, really helpful to me even getting up on things like this, um, learning how to breathe. I just found that I used to suffer from panic attacks. So being up here like this, this is really helpful. <laughs> so I've, I've learned literally while I'm sitting there just to breathe because when I get really anxious, my, my breath gets shallow and I realize that just makes me more anxious. And so I just start breathing. So these practices I found, just like scripture, during the course of the day, I realized God says pray without ceasing. The Bible says pray without ceasing. What that really means to me is just keep God in the forefront of my mind. And there's times where meditation has taught me just step back and observe. And, and Linda, my wife, she, she's really good at this. When I would come home from work really being angry or upset, I didn't even realize it. And I would just be, you know, kind of, and she would just ask me a question in a non-judgmental way. She just would ask me, why are you so angry? Why, why does this make you so angry? And it would just settle down and it helped me a lot because it was just a question that would ask me so it would stop and allow me to observe because I didn't even realize how out of control I was so it's it's really helped me a lot and I'm still working on that so the, those two items another one is and then this is where Seth has mentioned it um, oh and, and let me just read this first too because if we're not prepared mentally and spiritually for the day. And again, I understand we had our, our, our daughter and grandsons, two and four years old, living with us all last summer. And you know, when those of you living in toddler town right now, that's, <laughs> try to meditate for 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You gotta, I just had to find a different way to make this, make this work. But the fact of the matter is, like, like uh, Suzanne read from uh, James chapter one is, Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Whether I'm ready for the day or not, you know, the adversary's ready. And if we're not prepared, if I'm not prepared, 
Um, those are the days I get devoured, all right? And uh, that's the next part of this kind of dovetails where, where Seth is going. The other thing that really truly keeps me alive is uh, meeting with men, the, the mentorship. Every Monday night I meet with a group of men. Um, I, I need a safe place to share my story. And I need a group of men I can trust, text, call up. I know this week, for example, there's a number of men I can call up, say I need to meet with you this week, and they'll do it. And it, it's, it's literally a place for me to share and be safe. And um, when we joined the church, when Lynn and I joined the church a few weeks back, one of the questions was, uh, you know, why'd you join GPC? Well, in all honesty, that, that tagline, uh, where every story matters, what that communicated to me and to Lynn was that it's not just that your story matters, that this is a safe place to share your story. Because I have been, and church has done a lot of damage to me in the past, where I've shared my story with a pastor, with church members, and it was not received well. It was judged, it was condemned, I felt small, I felt like I didn't care, it didn't matter, I didn't matter. And so coming here has been a huge help in mm -hmm. meeting Seth, and again, with all the changes, four years ago, I didn't know Seth. Well, you didn't go to this church. I was in a job that was, uh, not healthy for me. Um, I have friends now that I didn't have just even two years ago. I have people I thought were my friends are no longer in my life. Um, so this is uh, James 5.16, uh, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so, you know, we sit and share with each other, but it's a way of how can I help you in this moment? Not to judge Seth and say, Seth, did you do this? Did you do this when your boss said that? No, no. It's to listen to his story and then provide encouragement and to provide some sense of support and not judgment, uh, which is really important. And that's what uh, church, uh, I'm in a small group right now that I think is really good in doing that. And so uh, that's really important to me. The other part of that that's important is journaling. Um, my journal is even more truthful than uh, my share time with, with a group of men. Uh, sometimes it's just reflective of the day. Sometimes my journaling is just mundane stuff about what I did. And then other times it's, it's rather profane, raw. Um, what's helpful about it is I can look, where, like for example, I looked at it four years ago where I was. I felt sorry for that. I felt sorry for where I was at. And I realized now I was really struggling with things I didn't truly understand but that God's, God's doing this work in our lives. And so we're, we're moving along in that. And so it's encouraging to see, wow, okay, you don't think you have something to share, but you've, you've, you've come some distance here. And so that's important to me. Plus it's energy, it gets it out on the, it just gets it out on paper or I get to share it with men. We're not gossiping or we're not keeping secrets. It's about just being real and then have somebody just kind of come alongside and help out and be supportive. So. Um, I, I look at David and the Psalms. The Psalms to me are like just open journals to us about, read Psalm 51 about his pain. And so um, one of the things in my past, I have not always been honest with myself. And where I'm at now, at least I feel like I may be struggling with things, but I'm honest about it with myself, with my wife. And I wasn't, I, I certainly wasn't four years ago. Um, there's a sign over my uh, computer which says, uh, don't get addicted to escaping, face your stuff, handle your business and triumph. No battle was ever won by people who run. And so much of my life over the years has been running, distracting, just checking out. 
and some of those things were not physically helpful to me either. So the healing process has been really good. And then along those lines, the last thing is just uh, my physical health. I uh, need to keep my body moving. Uh, the older we get, <laughs> I got two grandsons. We, my wife looked at each other and we go, how did we raise kids? <laughs> how did we do this? You know, we were half the age. So um, it's 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And um, Romans 12.1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper, and proper worship. So, you know, we, we, we are commanded. And, and if, we're not, if we're not healthy physically, as best we can, some things we have no control over, obviously. You know, illnesses pop up. But, you know, in terms of moving my body, exercise for me is important right now. Um, but I couldn't do that when the kids were little. Um, on the other hand, just chasing them around the house, I probably did 20,000 steps. So <laughs> Lynn, Lynn did 40 doing that, but 1,000, uh, say 40,000. So <laughs> honor. Just, just. But, uh, you know, those are the things that uh, to me have been helpful. There's other things along the way, but those are the things I think on a daily basis that have really been helpful. So it was a good podcast to listen to. and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, I think the, the most important thing is having a body. That's what's hard about COVID is that we were separated and not having that time to meet and contact each other. Right. And that's what we're here together to do is just to share our burdens with one another. Yeah. So. That's good. Thanks, Thank Seth. Yeah. Um, I think I want to open it up for anyone this morning that might want to share something that's bringing them life. Um, in their daily routines. Um, I think Dave and I have really, one of the things that was really important to us was having someone older than us. Um, you know, I can, Dave has blazed a trail for me <laughs> in many ways, and I can go and kind of glean from his experience. And we wanted to encourage you guys, especially the young people here this morning, if, if you want something that kind of accelerates your growth spiritually, Find someone else out ahead of you that you say, I like the way that person's walking their walk uh, with Christ, and go, go ask them. Uh, it's better initiated when it comes from the person who's younger seeking the, the person who's ahead of them. Dave's extremely busy, right? He's, he's, he's filled his life with many things, so he's not going to come seeking me out, and that's usually the same for you know, situations with, with other relationships, but I, we would encourage you guys to do that because there's, like Dave said, Life's going to hit. There's going to be hard things. And uh, what do we have in place to stay healthy, right? What do we have in place to seek life in those situations? So does anyone have anything that they'd like to share this morning? If not, it's fine. Um, But we wanted to open up for you guys this morning. And I'll just bring the mic around if anyone does. And if not, um, I will end in prayer, but I'm going to give it one more minute. If there's anyone out there, <laughs> Greg said that if I went over, that I was for every minute over, I was going to have to do a day in, uh, in the nursery. And um, so I'm literally like sticking my neck out here. Um, I'm taking one for the team, for anyone that might want to share. He said that to you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <He's, laughs> oh, man. I think, can't we go 50-50 on this? No, no, no. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
I think one of the things that I want to encourage you um, is to not, I mean, oftentimes we think of spiritual practices when we think of life-giving things. But there are other things that uh, God has put in your life that may, you may not think of. And I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things that has been really life-giving to me, I struggle with uh, seasonal affective disorder. I get really depressed in the wintertime. And I've realized that's just a deficiency that I have, and I've got to figure out how to stay healthy in the, in the wintertime. So one of the things that God has given me, <laughs> we have two dogs, and um, one of our dogs, uh, her name's Basil. She's, um, she's very intense, very full of life, and every night she'll come when I'm sitting on the couch, and she'll get about six inches from my face, and she'll say, it's, with her eyes, she'll communicate, communicate everything. She'll say, it's time to go. And that means we're going out for a walk. And... Um, just getting out in the winter times, um, being under the starlit sky, breathing, like Dave said, the importance of just, you know, uh, staying active, meeting neighbors that I normally wouldn't if we were hunkered down, that's been life-giving to me. So God's grace comes to us in many forms. And uh, yeah, I just want to remind us of that. So I'll just, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just say, you know, one more thing. Um, gratitude along with meditation has been really important. Um, mm -hmm. When we were with our former church, we uh, served at uh, City Gate uh, Shelter in Coatesville, PA. And one of the things that was always amazing to me was that a as busy as we were at the time, and I I'd always forget that, you know, it was on this, you know, it was Tuesday nights once a month, and Lynn would remind me, hey, don't forget we have City Gate tonight. And I'd go, oh, that's, that's right. Every time we went, uh, they would have a share time with the, uh, with the men who were residents, and these guys, would truly be grateful saying, I have a meal tonight, I have a bed tonight, and someone's driving me to work tomorrow. I could not be happier. And I'd look at my life and go, wow. You know, and so just being grateful, part of meditation for me is just waking up in the day and go, there's something every day. I'm like Seth, I've battled depression in my life, and to the worst parts of it, I tried to find something every day that I could grab hold of and just get me up that day and keep me going. And it really applies now, too, to look around and to be mindful, and so sometimes when it's busy and I'm thinking I'm trying to do some things and the grandkids come over, my two-year-old son's sitting with me, grandson's sitting with me, and I'm thinking, no, I wanted to do this, this, or this, but he's there sucking his thumb and having me watch colored eggs or crazy frog or whatever, <laughs> I'm looking at him and going, this is beautiful. Yeah. You know, I am so grateful to have him right here, and so that's where meditation has helped to just to stop all of us, I think, are, are not going to miss meals today. I think, you know, we have a place to sleep tonight. Grateful, right? Yeah. You know, and just be thankful for what I have today. And, and, you know, plan ahead as much as I can, but being grateful has been proven that it, it helps keep our minds healthy. Yeah. And so, you know, in spite of everything going on, there's always, some, there's always something during the course of the day that I can find that can keep me being grateful. That's so. good. Um, I think I'm going to pray unless I see a hand. Yes. <laughs> Dude. My wife was very skeptical that anyone was going to share, so <laughs> thank you. I proved her wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Yeah, so what is the... Is that on? Uh, Randy knows. <laughs> Maybe Greg knows. I don't think, yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll get Greg's help if he knows. Because <laughs> I want to hear from Chad. 
So one of the things that I've um, have done these last couple of years is actually helping with the youth group. Um, all those kids sitting up there. Um, I think when you're able to find that you can serve somewhere with the church and help out, um, not even with the church, but in your community, um, it's very helpful. It's healthy. Um, you feel like, wow, like I'm making a difference here, um, and I'm helping out people that you know may need it. So I think that's one of the healthy practices that um, I've been doing, and I encourage people to, you know, if there's space to serve, if there's opportunity out there, go ahead and do it. I think it um, lots of benefits. So that's what Excellent. I got for you. Thanks, Chad. Excellent. Anybody else? Yeah, all right. Way to lead by example, youth. <laughs> yeah, so um, kind of going back to what you guys were saying earlier, yeah. and being able to share with people, being able to share with lots of guys, has had our small group is the, us seniors and the junior guys, and there's been so much, there's so much power to being able to share with other guys and just being opening up, being vulnerable, and that's just played such a big part in my life. And having awesome leaders at our youth group to be able to help out, like Brian, Chad, Dylan Salyard, Lauren, Olivia, all you guys, I, I do appreciate it a lot. Yeah, everything he said. <laughs> yeah, definitely having people to share with, it's huge. That's cool. Thanks, guys. Anybody else out there? All right, I'm going to close this in prayer this morning. Let's pray. Christ of the broken road, thank you so much for just being with us this morning. Um, my prayer this morning for every person, um, there's so much that I know is, is uh, beneath the surface that we're all dealing with uh, internally. Um, but I'm praying for resilience for everyone here. I'm praying for endurance and I'm praying for joy. Um, I'm just praying that maybe something was heard today that can help someone uh, just get through today and uh, find a better way to live tomorrow. And thank you that you're a God of wisdom who desires to impart these things. You're not trying to keep them from us. Uh, I think sometimes uh, we can just be, um, maybe overlook the ways that are right in front of us. So um, go with us today and uh, just pray that your spirit would continue to work and through the words that were shared this morning. And in uh, Jesus' name, amen.